This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hit! Browns are going to win! Mayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cover 2 podcast, podcast on the Cleveland Browns here from the Akron Beacon Journal. This is digital content producer Dan Kadar, joined as always by Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich. Nate, how are you? Pretty good, Dan. Uh, Got several camp practices in the books, an off day for the players, and we're one week in, so looking forward to recapping with you. I know we haven't been on in a while, but there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, the, we are recording on Friday afternoon. The Browns have an off day. We don't give Nate an off day, however, so we're going to talk about a few things going on in the news in terms of the Browns go. We're going to talk about the situation at linebacker where second-year player Mac Wilson is injured. We still don't know the status of him quite yet, but uh, it, it does not look good. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the offense, and we're going to talk about... Uh, Oh, Nate, now I already forgot what else I was going to talk to you about. We're going to talk about Brown stuff, basically. Um, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out as we go. Uh, there, there's a lot to cover. We're going to try and do it quickly. So, Nate, let's let's talk about this offense. The, the headlines that I've seen, what I've read about it so far at training camp, is that it has not looked great, but that's kind of... I don't know. I think that's kind of normal when training camp starts. The defense looks better than the offense. What's your what's your assessment of this new Kevin Stefanski offense? Well, yeah, it hasn't looked great, but there's a lot going on. Obviously, a weird offseason, unprecedented offseason. This is their crash course in, in this scheme here. They're finally getting on the field with it and going against the defense. So, you know, they didn't get a chance to do that in, in April and May with the OTAs or June with the mini camp. This is all new, and uh, it looks very much like it's new. And I'm not overly concerned. Uh, actually, you know, the offense had its best day by far yesterday on Thursday. So, you know, that was obviously uh, a little bit of a, a positive sign to see that progress. But overall, yeah, it, it's been it's been uh, choppy at times, but you know Odell Beckham Jr. has been limited some. Jarvis Landry is limited. Uh, you know, coming off that February hip surgery, sometimes those guys haven't been in there. Um, that certainly affected things. You know, J.C. Treader uh, had a knee surgery the day before the first full squad practice of training camp. He had that surgery on uh, August 13th, so. Now, he's not there. They're obviously breaking in uh, left tackle, who's a rookie, uh, Jedrick Wills. Now they got Nick Harris, the rookie fifth-round pick at center. So there's a lot going on there. You know, um, they've got, you know, the defense, I think, throwing things at them early here in camp. Maybe typically wouldn't happen this way, but Joe Woods is disguised on coverages. They're throwing blitzes at them. I think, you know, 
Kevin Stefanski's talked about this. He's not looking to put Baker Mayfield in like some confidence building mode. They have such a condensed window before the September 13th opener in Baltimore that they're really trying to put Baker and the other quarterbacks in tough spots and see how they're going to react. So, you know, overall, yeah, there's been times where the offense, it's like, are they going to get a first down? Like, what's going on here? But there has been bright spots. you got to remember how talented they are. I don't think there's any reason to panic. It's, it's early in camp. The defense, like you said, traditionally is going to be ahead in, in, in this setting and at this stage of camp. And that has been the case. But, you know, there are times when Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. are connecting like they were yesterday, and it looks really good. And Kareem Hunt looks phenomenal. He looks like he's in rushing uh, champ form again. Um, he looks faster and more explosive than I have ever seen him in a Browns uniform. I think we forget a lot of times, yeah, he had the suspension last year for the eight games, but he also had that sports hernia surgery. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he was ever quite himself last year. So, you know, and, and I will say there's been positives with Jarvis Landry, just in terms of what he's been able to do when he's been out there and has looked good at times and has caught some touchdown passes. The tight end group is, look, is pretty good with Austin Hooper leading the way there, looking good, having a good connection with Baker Mayfield, even when other things aren't working. The tight ends have, have stood out. And Harrison Bryant, the rookie uh, fourth-round pick, has been probably the, the camper uh, MVP or whatever, camper of the week on offense uh, thus far. David Njoku uh, has, has really you know kind of been overshadowed by Hooper and, and Harrison Bryant so far. But I think we've really been able to tell right off the bat that if all else fails, Baker Mayfield's going to have some pretty good tight ends to lean on. So I think that's my overall picture of the offense. Baker, uh, like I said, inconsistent, you know, um, has had some nice moments. Has had some moments where he's been overthrown guys, missing guys, and you're like, are they going to get a first down? But what is definitely as advertised is his his physique, his, his, his condition, his shape. He does look a lot better than he did last year. He's talked a lot about it, and, uh, you know, he, he's moving more like the 2018 Baker, obviously, when he had that impress, impressive rookie season. So those are kind of uh, my overall thoughts on, on the offense. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot there, but, um, you know, some things to like and some things that, that you wonder about. And I think they're the things that we wondered about to begin with, and, and a lot of them had to do with, you know, Baker and chemistry with Odell and trying to, to really consistently get that and yesterday was was a nice step and, and then obviously breaking in a rookie left tackle in this crazy offseason where they got all this offseason uh, practice time robbed from them. Hmm. Well, let, let's let's go off of that and we'll, we'll circle back to a couple other things you, you mentioned there. How has Jedrick Wills looked? I mean, I, everyone seems to be talking about, you know, Baker Mayfield and what he's been doing and the, the new signings on offense and um, all that kind of stuff. But a lot of what is going to happen for this team, I think, on offense is going to be dependent on how well Jedrick Wills, first-round pick, plays left tackle. How has he looked from what you've been able to see? To me, he's looked very much like a rookie who didn't have OTAs, minicamp, and who's switching from right tackle to left tackle. 
I mean, it, mm. it's it's been rough at times. I mean, it's a big adjustment, and it's looked that way. You know, he has not been going against Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett practiced for the first time yesterday on Thursday, and, and he was very limited. He just he went through some individual drills, no team. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. He sat out the first five practices of camp totally, no no participation at all. So he hasn't had that big test in Miles Garrett yet, but he's been going against Olivier Vernon consistently. You know, and, and it, obviously, you know, there's other guys down the depth chart. Robert McCray is a guy he's been going against, um, you know, in, in, in the one-on-ones a lot. And and he's been, you know, at times he'll have a good rep and then he'll just he'll, he'll give up, a, you know, an instant pressure around the edge, basically, in some of these drills. So, you know, I think they're going to have to help him a lot early on schematically. Um they're really going to need Jack Conklin to, to come in there and, and be the big money right tackle that they signed right out of the gate and, and you know, to, to kind of hit the ground running with this new team because I think they're going to have to help Jedrick Wills early on. I think, you know, a lot of the things that Joe Thomas liked about him, you know, the, the athleticism and everything like that, you just hope that he's able to kind of, you know, kind of catch a breath here and, uh, you know, have some of that, kind of shine through because I, I really believe it exists and and you know when you look at them playing at Alabama uh, you know you saw a lot of things that you like and Joe Thomas obviously knows tackles and was really really excited when the Browns picked them so there's a lot to like but it's like his his mind has to catch up with with his his body and his athletic ability you know and it's just not there yet and you wouldn't expect it to be but they're definitely going to help have to help the guy and it's been evident early on hmm. Now, back to Baker Mayfield briefly. You know, last year, the problem with him seemed like it, he got happy feet a lot. You move around a lot more than you would hope to see. And it kind of looked like his swagger was gone a little bit as the season wore on. What have been his issues, if any, during training camp? Does it look like he's calmer in the pocket, or is that still an issue? What, what is giving him trouble right now, if anything? Well, it, it's interesting because, like I said, I think he can move a lot better. I think he's in really good shape in this camp. Um, there are times where I see him maneuvering away from the rush the way he did as a rookie, um, and that's really encouraging because I thought that was the most impressive thing about him as a rookie was the way he was just able to step up, slide, you know, it wasn't like he's not like a, a, a very fast guy, as we know. And he talks about that all the time. But he just had a, a feel for the rush. He had a sense for it. He was able to maneuver um, and you know, show some nice agility in the pocket. And and I think I've seen that at times. At other times, you know, and I think it's part of getting used used to this new system. You know, I I, I do think he has bailed. Uh, you know, early at times, and, and it's hard to tell too without a full-fledged live rush where he's allowed to get hit. Mm -hmm. But I've seen some of that, you know, Um, and obviously that was a a problem last year for him. He is getting used to new footwork um, that Alex Van Pelt, the new offensive coordinator, is guiding him through. So there's just so much new that I don't want to to rush any judgment on him. But it's been up and down, like I said. You know, there's been times where you're like, what's going on here offensively? You know, you've seen times where Baker looks frustrated and has, you know, bad body language. Not not against anybody else, but I think he, he's frustrated with moments that he's had in practice. You know, um, 
And then there are other times where, you know, he's rolling to his right and, and throwing a beautiful laser touchdown pass to Jarvis Landry in, in, in the red zone drill. Or, you know, he's he's putting a ball up for grabs to, to Odell, and Odell's jumping over two guys in double coverage like he did yesterday and making a highlight catch right on the goal line. Um, you know, like I said, Baker's consistently connecting with Austin Hooper. And, you know, so – there are times where it's been encouraging, but there are times where you see some of those issues creep up that did last year. And I think you, I, what I keep holding on to, Dan, is there's really no tackling to the ground here. I mean, it happens once in a while, but it's not supposed to. Like, they're, they haven't been having those, uh, you know, truly live periods. So it's kind of hard to get a feel for the run game, but... Kareem Hunt looks awesome. Nick Chubb's obviously been out with the concussion since Monday. Um, you know, they expect him back with, with no, um, you know, issues that, uh, you know, are, are anything different from a, a normal return from concussion protocol. And I know it sounds weird because a concussion's a brain injury, but that's how the NFL is and how football is. And that we could talk for an hour about that on a separate podcast <laughs> and whether that's right or wrong. But, it is standard for guys to you know enter concussion protocol to come back, and they think this is going to be a standard return for for Nick Chubb. So, it, what I'm saying here, and the point I'm trying to get to, is hard to judge the running game, but I feel pretty confident, even though it's difficult to judge, that they're going to be able to run the ball, and everything is kind of predicated, uh, you know, in this scheme on that running game. It's setting up play action and. Um, you know, so it, I think that it can all come together and, and, and be okay. But there are times in this camp where it's looked way off, and I think that's also normal. This, they're still in the install schedule here, so everything is, is in its infancy. Yeah, and that, that's a great point, and I, I think a lot of times that gets lost. I mean, we, we've been so starved of sports stuff, basically, that... You know, I, I think there's some hyper-analysis of, of things. You know, Baker Mayfield threw a, a great pass to Odell Beckham, and some people were saying, yeah, but it fluttered. Um, so it, it's extremely early. There are still just over three weeks until the Browns play their first game of the season, um, and there are nine practices left for, for the team. So let, let's kind of flip it over to the defense. It's a lot of fun to talk offense, especially when the Browns have all of these great skill position players on offense. Defense, the injuries are mounting, Nate. Um, Mac Wilson is... I, I don't know what's going to happen to Mac Wilson, but I, I saw the, the a still of his knee m- moving in a way knees shouldn't move. Um, that's not great. Uh, the, there are other injuries. What What is your state of the defense early in training camp? Yeah, well, obviously on offense, talking about J.C. Treader yeah. with the with the knee surgery and, and maybe back for week one, but it's not certain. You know, I, I think he has a good chance to make it back, but it's going to be a close call. And then, um, you know, Nick Chubb, they're, they're looking to get back from concussion. Stump Mitchell said yesterday on Thursday that um, Stump Mitchell being the run, he's back the running backs coach with the great beard said hmm. that, uh, you know, Nick's been in the meetings, hasn't been having headache issues or anything like that should be clear. You know, just a matter of time before it's clear. But then on defense, like you're talking about Dan, uh, Mac Wilson, hyperextended left knee. Um, 
yeah, it was it was one of those things. That, it was weird because I saw it was in a seven-on-seven non-contact injury, going to break up a pass, landing awkwardly, falling, instantly reaches for his left leg, couldn't, and I thought, okay, it's either pretty bad or he's cramping up. And he tried to get up, couldn't. Two members of the medical staff helped him up. His arms go over their shoulders. They take him to the sideline. A brief exam on the sideline with the athletic trainer. And then one athletic trainer pulls him up, and he kind of hops on the cart. And I thought, eh, you know, he he kind of got up in a way where I didn't think necessarily it, was, it, it, it might, you know, he might have kind of had a scare, but it, it might not be all that serious. And then you find out hyperextended. Okay, so he's going to miss significant time. He's not going to be ready for the start of the season. Now the question is, is he going to have season-ending surgery? And it's still a question that's hanging out there, that's lingering. Because he's going to get a, a second opinion from Dr. James Andrews. And, it, you know, I have been told that that season-ending season surgery is a possibility. It's not certain. So they're going to kind of work through this second opinion and then and make a decision so that's where that stands and it might take a while to find out but the bottom line is he was the starting linebacker and he's not going to be there uh at least for a significant amount of time and then kevin johnson was really having the uh best camp of any defensive player he's like an early defensive mvp for training camp and making interceptions, making plays on balls. That um, Josh Cribbs does a live stream for the Browns, uh, live streaming the practices with, with fans not allowed to attend because of COVID-19. So Josh Cribbs took a liking to Kevin Johnson and nicknamed him Cover Johnson. Um, <laughs> not bad when you get a nickname from a Browns legend right off the bat. And he was, he was practicing very well. And... Then he, you know, he dives for a, a, a ball in, in the end zone in a red zone drill with Harrison Bryant, and Harrison Bryant just fell on him and just a fluke injury. Kevin Johnson has a lacerated liver, ends up in the hospital. Um, still haven't received word on him being discharged uh, as we record here on Friday afternoon. So that obviously can be a very serious injury. I would think he would be a candidate for injured reserve. I asked Kevin Stefanski that, and he said he didn't want to speculate on it yesterday on Thursday. So, you know, I don't know, but, you know, that's another starter. I mean, your, your, your nickelback is essentially a starting guy who's out there the vast majority of the time, um, you know, on, on the field because you're running your sub package a lot, and, and that means you're down two defensive starters here after one week of camp. And Unlike J.C. Treader and Nick Chubb, these aren't guys who are going to be ready for week one. So, you know, that's that's very concerning, um, and it is uh, certainly less than ideal. So the Browns have a, uh, a former second-round pick that they, they picked up recently, M.K. Stewart. He was the, the nickel corner with the, the number one defense in place of Kevin Johnson on Thursday. And without Mac Wilson, you're looking at, B.J. Goodson, Sione Takitaki, those guys have consistently been in there. They were in there with Mac Wilson as the starters from the beginning of camp. And then with that Mac Wilson, you got the rookie third-round pick, Jacob Phillips, and then Tay Davis, uh, a guy who was with the Browns. Um, they picked him up last season. 
mostly a special teams guy, has five starts on his resume, former New York Giants. So not a lot of experience in that uh, linebacking core to begin with, and then you take Mac Wilson's 14 starts out of it. You got 30 starts from B.J. Goodson. You got five from Tay Davis, and you got one from Sionai Takitaki. You got a very inexperienced, unproven linebacking core that just got even more so with Mac Wilson and his season of experience uh, being sidelined. So uh, they're, they're going to have to pick somebody up here. Um, they are working out. Uh, Malcolm Smith, uh, you know, Super Bowl MVP with the, the Seahawks. Then the 2013 season has bounced around. Hasn't been a full-time starter in a few years. But um, that's what they're looking at right now, Dan. I mean, the linebacking core was obviously a big question mark heading in. And I think probably the most promising guy they had had in that group is, is now hurt. Yeah, and it it's not great. I mean, it, are you confident they're going to bring somebody in? Or is there any chance a guy like Goodson or Phillips could be an on-roster um, starter, basically, that they have already. Do you think those guys are legitimately in play, or do you think they're they're for sure going to bring somebody in here? Well, I think both. I think, I mean, Goodson's definitely their starting middle linebacker. Okay. Um, Wilson was a starting Will, and Taki Taki is starting Sam. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for a starting Will with, with Wilson going out and I think Phillips they drafted him in the third round he led the SEC in tackles they like a lot about him it's just again with a rookie how quickly can he come up the learning curve in this crazy unprecedented unique offseason you know I don't know the answer to that but he was in there with the starters yesterday on Thursday uh, with Wilson out uh, Tay Davis was in there the previous day so we talked to James, Jason Tarver um Bransby talked to Jason Tarver, the linebackers coach, yesterday, and he said those are those are the four guys in the mix to start. So I think they could fill fill that Wilson void with with uh, Phillips or, or Tay Davis, but they could also bring somebody in, throw him into the mix with those guys, and and, and the starting will might not be on the roster right now. So no. <laughs> the answer is both. But <laughs> the bottom line is, you know, they basically they didn't really do much, obviously. At, I mean, they did some at linebacker. They, they signed B.J. Goodson, but never a full-time starter, a guy who plays, you know, maybe half the snaps. Not not a guy like Joe Schobert, you know. Um, there's years in B.J. Goodson's career where he plays like a third of the snaps. You know, he's not an every-down – he has not been an every-down linebacker. Um, he he's, he's obviously has a better opportunity with this team uh, to, to become closer to that. And I think he's been impressive in camp. He's a big guy. He's wearing number 93. He looks like a thumper. He's been really aggressive in the run game. He's, he's calling the plays. He's, um, you know, he's, he's having a vocal leadership role. He actually had a heart-to-heart with Mac Wilson after Mac Wilson gave or actually caused Nick Chubb to have a concussion with a high hit that nobody was happy about. I mean, Mac Wilson comes flying in along the sideline and like kind of you know does a, a horse collar type almost like a headlock right arm around the neck takedown of Nick Chubb BJ Goodson talked to him about that I mean look they weren't happy about it the you know the, the coaching staff the players on offense David Njoku got in Mac Wilson's face right away BJ Goodson had a heart-to-heart with him he later revealed when he talked to the Browns beat 
Uh, of course, the next day, then Mac Wilson gets hurt. It's just a crazy, crazy sequence of events for Mac Wilson. But B.J. Goodson, my point is, has been a leader right off the bat from him. And it's been impressive. Now, I don't know if any – and I think Taki Taki's been impressive too. I think they're, they've been really aggressive. They, they've looked good against the run at times. I have no idea if any of these linebackers can cover running back or tight end. <laughs> There's nothing that tells me that they, they definitely can. And you play Lamar Jackson in week one. So, you know, it it's it's going to be uh, really interesting to what extent this linebacking core being so inexperienced, unproven, and now injured with Mac Wilson, it's going to be interesting to see what to what extent that, that'll hurt them. Can they do enough up front and and in the secondary to to compensate for a linebacking core that you know, we just don't know a lot about him, don't have a lot of reasons to say he can totally get the job done here. So that's going to be that's going to be very interesting. Just just the way on offense is going to be very interesting to see if they have to roll with two rookies in week one, uh, if they're if they're going to be able to do what they need to do to uh, to function and be effective. Yeah, that, that, I think that's going to be a real big problem for them, as you mentioned, week one against the Ravens. Nate, last thing here this week, then we'll get you out of here. You know, we, we've covered a lot of the big names. You mentioned Harrison Bryant being the you know, the MVP, maybe, of, of the first week of camp. Is there a player who has stuck out to you kind of unexpectedly, maybe good or bad? Yeah, there's a few. I'd say, okay, um, if I had to run through who's having really good camps... Some of them you're going to know. Some of them are the big names. Uh, I already mentioned uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Beckham. Beckham looks healthy. And uh, he looks like he's having fun. Yesterday he put on a show. Hmm. Um, Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward had like a, a pick six. He was near the goal line. It might have been 96, 97 yard interception return for a touchdown in a red zone drill off Case Keenum yesterday and set another pick earlier in camp off Baker Mayfield. Um, he's looked good. Uh, what's interesting is <laughs> Stefanski's been playing it safe um, with some of these guys and limiting like Beckham and Ward, and but they both had some of the biggest highlights of camp. Um, like I said, Harrison Bryant's looked really good. Uh, really nice start uh, for him as a, as a rookie coming in the clear front runner for the Maurice Bassett Award, Dan. If you're not, if you're not familiar, you probably are, but no one knows who's listening. That's the best rookie in training camp as voted uh, by the local media. Uh, Mac Wilson was that guy last year. Harrison Bryant looks like he's on track to run away with that award this year through one week. Um, Porter Gustin, defensive end, not a big name, was on the roster late last season. He actually has worked his way uh, onto the first-team defense. Uh, Chad Thomas had been filling in for Miles Garrett. Uh, well, Garrett's been out, and Chad Thomas got a couple practices and pads under his belt, and then Porter Gustin jumped him in the lineup and has held that spot for a few days now and has had some virtual sacks and actually good opposite Olivier Vernon. Uh, so I did not think I would have Porter Gustin uh, on my 53-man roster projection heading into camp. 
but through week one, I've got to put him in there. Mm. Uh, like I said, BJ Goodson, I've liked things that I've seen from him. Uh, the, the physical presence, the leadership, the way he's really kind of relishing and embracing this opportunity to, to be that Mike who's calling the plays in the huddle. I think it, it, it really has uh, come across just a certain vibe you get from him that he understands how big this opportunity is in his career like this is his big break uh so i've i've liked that um the safeties i think each of the safeties has had some nice moments it's really been the three of them carl joseph has been limited uh you know kind of like jarvis landry both of them were on physically unable to perform and came off of that list for camp but, uh, you know, Jarvis, obviously, I, I mentioned, we, people who listen know that hip surgery happened in February 4th. Um, Carl Joseph had a surgery on a foot in November, ended his season with the Raiders, and he became a free agent. Brown signed with a one-year prove-it deal. But it's still a, a comeback in, pro, in progress for him. You know, it's uh, it's not like that uh, that foot's like 100%. Um, you know, all off season. It's something he's been working back from and looks good, but, but been limited. And so you see a lot of Grant Delpit working in there with the other, uh, veteran, uh, the free agent acquisition who knows Kevin Stefanski and Joe Woods well from days in Minnesota. And that's Andrew Sandejo. who's who's made some plays. Um, and so the, the, I think those are kind of the guys who, uh, you know, stand out when I think about, camp and some of them are household names and some of them like Porter Gustin uh, aren't and Harrison Bryan isn't but I think he might have a chance to become one because he's looked really good now this is a guy and this is the modern NFL Dan where he's like a you know you call the joke several times on this podcast in the past like you know a big receiver Mm -hmm. and that's that's what this guy is I don't this is blocking is gonna leave something to be desired for a while here Okay, that's going to be something he's going to have to grow into. And you can see that in some of the drills. But when he gets out there in the seven-on-seven and team periods and he's getting open and making catches and doing it consistently, uh, you know, he's opening some eyes. And and I think that, um, you know, they might have a a pretty nice fourth-round pick in him. Hmm. And all I'll say to top all that off is, if anybody has listened to this podcast uh, consistently, Porter Gustin is a household name because when, when the Browns signed him, we talked about him a fair amount because, um, as I said at the time, he has been either injured or miscast since he started college, basically. So um, he's, a, he's an interesting player. Yeah, you have been high on him. He's definitely a household name in the KR household. That's right. Uh, so I will give you that. And he looks good. I mean, he's getting the opportunity here. And like I said, I was, I was, uh, I was not uh, as quick, or I don't have that deep knowledge of of Porter Gus. I was not as quick to jump on that Porter Gustin bandwagon, and did not think heading in that he would be a fifty three guy. And now my eyes have been open. Yeah, it's early, but he looks like got a real shot at well i i'm mostly only tooting my own horn for fun but it's going to be interesting (laughs) these back of the roster kind of players um and we'll get into this more 
uh, the next time we record and and see who who these bubble guys are because it's a it's such a weird year compared to any other in terms of how the the roster is going to get put together and final decisions made and and all that kind of stuff but nate do you have anything else this week before we get the heck out of here uh, one other guy that I had on the tip of my tongue and I forgot is Kaderil Hodge. I think he's had a pretty good camp. Mm. And he's in that battle for, you know, third receiver. And you might want to say, well, the third receiver is ultimately going to be Kareem Hunt. I mean, last year he was, even though he missed eight games, he, he ended up third on the team in receptions behind uh, Landry and then Beckham. So, yeah, that's true. But in terms of just the wide receiver position and the pecking order, you know, Kaderil Hodge – Shard Higgins, the rookie six-round pick, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's had some moments in camp. I think Hodges looked pretty good. He's made some plays, and uh, I'd say out of those three, just wide receivers, not talking about Kareem Hunt and the tight ends and the pass catchers as a whole group, but just the wide receivers, I've liked Hodge. I think Hodge has, uh, has done a pretty good uh, job here making a case for himself early. Hmm. That's an interesting development, because when you look at the Brown's depth chart at wide receiver, like you said, besides those three guys, I mean, Damian Ratley is still on this team. Been uh, hurt the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So I it, think maybe since the second practice, he's been out with the groin. Could be could be problematic for him if a guy like Hodge, you know, happens to take a roster spot, or you know, they they brought in JoJo Natson, the former Akron Zips superstar, um, go Zips, and he he could potentially not make the roster even though he's a pretty good return guy you know it 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 could be tough for him with a guy like hodge breaking through so of course special teams is so important in this discussion and then specifically donovan peoples jones and and natson are kind of the leaders at as um you know return candidates so yeah i mean if peoples jones just takes over the return jobs and natson could it could be an uphill battle and a long shot battle for him but that, that's another thing. Those are the guys right now, the main guys right now, to look at. You know, you got Dearness Johnson, and, you know, mm-hmm. Hilliard has experience, too, in his past. So, um, Dontrell Hilliard, the other running back. But, yeah, I mean, they, like you said, Dan, that receivers kind of, I mean, we. it's kind of, sometimes it's easy to sleep on that, too, because you got Odell, and then you got Landry, and then it's just kind of everyone else. But there's some interesting competition there. Yeah, there really is. So we, we will pick that up also next time we we get on here and record a podcast. And for now, you can find all of Nate's stuff over at beaconjournal.com slash browns. There is a ton, ton, ton of stuff up from Nate. His colleagues George Thomas and Marla Ridenauer, as you'd expect, it's all great. Um, we've sent a photographer Jeff Lang out there a few times. Training camp, he's got some great photo galleries on the site. Jeff got the shot of... Uh, that incredible Odell Beckham catch. So, um, and Jeff, yes, he did. Jeff won an award for best photographer in Ohio, partially because of he got the Miles Garrett helmet bash shot on Mason Rudolph. So, make sure you check out Jeff's stuff. It's always great. Nate's stuff's always great too. Everything's great over at BeaconJournal.com/slash/Browns. So that's going to do it here for cover two. Follow Nate on Twitter. He's at by Nate Ulrich. Thanks everybody for listening. Talk to you next time. Cool. <laughs> Everything's great. <laughs> <laughs>
Look, man, we may have done this for several years now, but I am still terrible at intros and outros, and some would say the middle parts, too, so... No, I just love the plug, that's all. I mean, <laughs> if, if we don't say it's great, no one will, so we might as well, I get it. That's right, and, you know, Jeff, Jeff's stuff is really great, so... Oh, Jeff, he's phenomenal. I, I like giving him a hard time, but he's he's. I'm quite happy we brought him in. Yeah, I mean, just one Browns practice, it jumps off the page when you look at his the stuff he turns in. It's like, right. This is a little bit different than everything else, and and he comes.